I'm Toby Leary from Cape Gunworks. I'm passionate about all things Second Amendment. While I love to shoot... Going hot. There is so much more to guns than just pulling the trigger. A free and armed society is a responsible and self-reliant one. Join us to talk all things guns, freedom, and self-defense. It isn't just about being armed... It's about being responsibly armed. So load and make ready. This is Rapid Fire. Welcome to Rapid Fire, your weekly 2A talk radio show that is sponsored by Vortex Optics and the USCCA. Tune in each week at rapidfireradio.us to join the conversation. And now you can call or text the Rapid Fire line. 508-444-2120 is the number if you want to leave a message or give us a call. And remember, if you're listening on WXTK, we are moving to 5 o'clock. Oh, my. Why, you ask, would I want to move the time that I'm starting my show when I have a humongous fan base at 7 p.m.? Why would I risk? You are fake news. Losing those people. You're probably right about that. Uh, Why would I risk losing listeners by moving it? And the whole reason is I don't want to be preempted by the Bruins or the Celtics, which come on at 7 p.m. and we get booted. So I don't think the people, the good people that listen on WXTK should have to make a choice between the Bruins and Celtics or Toby Leary on rapid fire. So we're going to move and accommodate so that you get the the best of both worlds. Uh, You can like us and subscribe on all of our social media platforms. We're at Cape Gunworks and at Rapid Fire Radio on Facebook, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm from the government and I'm here to help. On Instagram, we are CGW underscore backup, which is really hard to remember. So I'll say it twice. CGW underscore backup. Or as one of my family members used to call it, a low dash. <laughs> and I'm not going to out who that family member was, but they would say stuff like CGW low dash backup. And I said, what the heck's a low dash? It sounds like a, you know, a special uh, thing I could order out of the JC Whitney catalog for my El Camino. But <laughs> anyway, uh, we're here to talk 2A, so I'm going to leave all those other uh, stories to the side. But you can check us out on all of our the usual big tech platforms, as well as some of these alternative sites that are gaining in popularity. I just read that Truth Social was the number one download on the Android platform. I contributed to that because I am still living in the dark ages with my Android phone as far as all the people in my life would like to tell me. But I have now downloaded Truth Social there. I used to be able to go on on the web browser, which never really worked well. So I'm glad to see they've finally pulled the trigger there. And look at what's going on with the with the social media movement. We got Elon Musk buying Twitter, which is going to be huge, and he's going to restore free speech. Uh, we got Ye or Kanye, whichever you prefer. The artist formerly known as Kanye. Yay. 
is buying Parler now. Wow, that's big news. And uh, so we'll have, you know, Parler, Truth, Twitter, kind of, you know, all working together to make sure that the good people of the world aren't silenced because of their political speech doesn't meet the censors of big tech platforms or meet the, you know, algorithms or the back the back room uh, moderators. So that'll be interesting to see what happens. I'm, I'm pretty excited for that. Uh, if you think about it, I had one of my guys actually kind of get up in my grill about this and say, well, you're a little bit of a hypocrite because you don't believe that government should be able to tell you what to do as a business owner, right? I'm like, yeah, yeah. He goes, well, then why are you so mad that Facebook or YouTube or Instagram cancels you because it's a private business. And I said, yeah, except they are basically utilities at this point. Um, the consumer of big tech social media is in well in excess of 100 million people every month. I mean, they have probably billions of users on some of these platforms. So they are basically a a utility company and you can't get the local electric company that cancels your account and shuts your power off because they don't like what you're saying. Now I know we all see this coming, the whole social credit score. This is like what happens in China. They, they like throttle your ability to post online based on what you've said or done. And I'm sure this is coming, but until that day comes, these big, um, utility companies can't do that. They can't cancel you. Even if you're a bona fide racist, they can't shut your power off. They can't shut your gas off. They can't um, shut your water off. So why is it that big tech has been getting away with this in any other way? It's like, you know, cable or uh, the internet or uh, you know, they're basically on the same platform, especially YouTube. I mean, they're a global platform that caters to uh, the world. But yet, if you don't fit the criteria that they lay out, they want to have their cake and eat it, too. They want to have media protection, but also be able to censor you. And they've been working in concert with the government, for crying out loud. That whole piece that came out by... Uh, you know, um, Mark Zuckerberg, I think it was on the Rogan, Joe Rogan podcast. And he basically said, yeah, we censored people on Facebook as it pertained to the Hunter Biden laptop story because the FBI told us that it was fake news and it was coming out. So we figured, and it's like, why would you figure that? Why would you do that? You know, you're working in concert with the federal government, which is, it is against the law for federal government to, to, uh, censor free speech. So they've just outsourced it to you and you're willing to carry the water. So, yeah, but that's a subject for another day. Tell me what you think. Call or text 508-444-2120. We are going to uh, get to the point of this whole show, which is the 2A, the Second Amendment. And I just recorded a little radio ad that is bringing it to the forefront we're in an election year. We're in an election cycle. We're under 30 days. We're probably about 20, 25 days out. I had lost count till the election. 
And there's more than just a candidate on the ballot. Your freedoms are on the ballot, especially here in Massachusetts. Uh, we have a couple of candidates running for governor. And if for- you want to protect yourself, get a double barrel shotgun and fire two blasts outside the house. Well said, Joe. Well said. But we have some politicians here that are running that have a horrible track record on the Second Amendment. Now, the Second Amendment is an enumerated right in the Bill of Rights. It's, it's the amendments to the Constitution, and it's number two, which means it ranked pretty high in importance as far as the founders were concerned. Uh, number two is right up there at the top of the amendment uh, to the Constitution. And it has been said, well said, I will point out, that the Second Amendment is really the one that keeps all the rest in check. So if you value free speech, if you value your right to unreasonable searches and seizures, if you value your right to not incriminate yourself, if you value equal protection under the law, then you have to preserve and win back the rights that have been lost, which is namely the Second Amendment. And the Supreme Court has done a phenomenal job of righting those wrongs in short order this year with the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin. But we'll talk about that on the other side. Go to capegunworks.com and use this week's discount code, which is GEAR. Get to a special discount on your order. This is a special treat for our radio and podcast listeners only. So shh, it's our secret. Use gear at capegunworks.com to get your very special discount. And uh, don't forget, we're moving to 5 p.m. on WXTK. So we will be right back after this. This is Rapid Fire. Personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.com remote and use code word WORKS. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.com remote and use code word WORKS to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Guns, Freedom, Second Amendment, and Self-Defense. So I'm glad you're joining us. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. There's all kinds of interesting stuff going on out there in the world as, as it relates to guns. Um, Joe Biden, in some of his speeches in the past week, have really has really doubled down on 
banning assault rifles. Like he, he's saying, I did it once before. It's no joke. I'm going to do it again. And so watch what he says, because he's the only one out there saying this right now, which I find very interesting. And Grace Curley asked me this when I was on with her, with her yesterday for 2A Tuesday. And I said, um, you know, it's an interesting question because the fact of the matter is all the other candidates have gone silent on the gun issue as we're this close to the midterm elections. But not Joe Biden. He's out, you know, pumping his fist and wagging his finger in our face saying he's he's already done it once. He's going to do it again. And I find that interesting uh, because. I don't think he got the memo that you're not supposed to talk about it this close to elections because he knows it's a losing issue. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Uh, it's, you know, certainly on the ballot in a lot of states. I noticed Lee Zeldin has really closed the gap to Governor Hochul. And um, so that's good news. Uh, Lee Zeldin is a, uh, you know, I'd say he's a centrist in the middle of the road politician, but he's certainly going to be a whole lot uh, better as a defender of the Second Amendment than Governor Hochul has. And she has basically taken off the gloves and tried to pull out all the stops in her temper tantrum that she didn't get her way in the New York State Rifle and Pistol v. Bruin case. So anyway, um, there's a lot of very interesting races across the country. And I would say the Second Amendment is at the top of the ballot um, in a lot of states, certainly New York, certainly Massachusetts, California. Uh, Georgia is another one in the Senate race. Um, this is this is some interesting races where, you know, you have someone, uh, definitely Pennsylvania with uh, Fetterman and Dr. Oz, I don't think Dr. Oz is like the best at, um, you know, the values that I hold near and dear to my heart. But Fetterman is a absolute disaster, if you ask me. He um, wants to let a third of all criminals out of jail. Just open the door, let them right out. He says it won't make our communities any less safe. And uh, he was mayor of probably one of the worst economies in the state the the town that he was a the mayor in has a average salary of um 11 to 12,000 dollars a year um that was the average income in that town and he really pushed it even further over the edge with his policies and it ended up becoming a boarded up town but anyway um he wants to you know He's a very soft on crime and basically have no bail for anyone other than uh, second or first degree murderers. And uh, I think that's it. <laughs> it's like you look at the the list, kidnapping, third degree, you know, manslaughter uh, and violent felony assault wants to have no bail. It's insanity. Um, just let people out on their own personal recognizance. But so anyway, um, whatever state you find yourself in, I hope that you will think of the Second Amendment as one of the most important issues on the ballot. Um, this is, you know, paramount. Uh, 
when you think about it. And I know it doesn't rank in the top five or ten of the average voter, but deep in their soul, they still believe in it. But if there's something else, obviously the economy's stupid, it's the economy stupid. But uh, I did this as a poll question on the Grace Curley show the other day and said, you know, what's the number one issue? And I had the economy, the border, war, uh, the Second Amendment, and the January 6th. Um, I think Second Amendment came in third on that poll. And I would say the Grace Curley Show listeners aren't necessarily all pro-2A people. They're not necessarily just there to listen to me opine about the Second Amendment. They're more political, politically activated than that. But I was surprised it ranked so so low. It was like 60-something percent was the economy. I think 30-something percent was the border. And I think then the next thing was the Second Amendment at a, like, six or eight percent and then so it was it was very low um but yeah it was and i think it was like two or three percent was um was the uh the war and then zero came in zero as uh the january 6th so interesting but uh, 508-444-2120 is the number if you want to join us on the phone today or leave us a message or send us a text, 508-444-2120. And uh, we were getting tons of calls on the Grace Curley Show. Actually, we had some really, really good ones. Uh, so happy to answer your questions if you want to get on get on the line with us or uh, leave us a message. And, uh, huh? Yeah, so give me a call. Um, anyway, I was wondering, like, I added a red dot to one of my rifles, and I was wondering, like, well, when you look at the red dot, it's it's in a different place. I mean, it's on top of the rifle now, so it makes the it makes the red dot higher than the iron where the iron sights are. So, do you have to like bring it down to where the iron sights are to make it work right? I'm just wondering. Thank you. Yeah. It's it's probably a one third co witness, so um, not all red dot sites have the right height to co witness with your what, what's known as an absolute co witness. So yeah, you don't want to just bring the dot down because that could affect your point of impact. Unless it's just a little bit off, then it might be just a matter of dialing your dot down. But if it's you know a good eighth of an inch and your reticle off or a quarter of an inch, then it's probably a different, the the riser height is, is different. So it might be a one third co-witness or, um, you know, it's not an absolute co-witness. So, uh, that's what I'd look at, but if it's pretty close, yeah, dial it down and get it to co-witness with your sights and you can adjust your rear sight, um, so that you end up on target at the distance you want to be. People who, um, oftentimes zero their rifle they pick up whatever their most likely range is that they're going to fire their gun because they want to see the point of impact of the bullet line up with where they're looking and i understand that proclivity but if you are shooting pretty close maybe on an indoor range a lot and you're sighting your gun in at 15 or 20 yards um, you're going to have a much greater offset at say 100 yards 
So it's almost better to do like a 35-yard zero or a 50-yard zero um, so you can, uh, when you shoot up close, there's going to be more of a, a difference um, in offset unless it's definitely going to be a dedicated home defense gun and you're like really want to make sure that the point of impact hits where the dot is then that makes sense. But if you think about it, because of that mechanical offset from the sight over bore, usually about inch and three quarters, two inches or somewhere thereabout, if you focus that dot in so it hits a zero at, say, 15 or 20 yards, it's looking down at the bullet path at a steeper angle um, so that when you get out at distance, it's, you're probably going to be shooting low at 100 yards by five, six inches. So I'd rather be dead on at 50 yards and then be you know a little bit low at 20 yards or 15 yards or 15 feet um, and just make a little bit of an adjustment there. Um, and then when I shoot at 200 yards, I'm dead on again, so it's a 50 and 200 yard zero. Or at 100 yards, I might be 100 uh, inch high or so. But you can play around with it, see which one works for you. I want one that works under the widest uh, set of circumstances that I might uh, find. And uh, that sometimes involves me going to the range shooting one or 200 yards. So, uh, But if it's just a dedicated home defense gun, yeah, you could certainly zero it at whatever distance you want for that purpose. But uh, it won't do you as much good out at distance. So... Um, thanks for the call, though. Uh, 508-444-2120 is the number. And I want to get to the questions on the chat. There's one great question. Chris is playing Stump the Chump today because I honestly don't know the answer. So I'm putting myself on notice to ask Keith Langer or Jason Guida or Andrew Kucher, whoever we have on at some point, to ask this. And I think it's more of a federal question than a state question, but... He says if a person is issued a license to carry by the state, but the individual is federally prohibited, what would happen if that person decides to abide by state law and carry? And I think that, um, again, that person would be okay uh, under state law to carry, but how did they acquire the gun? Because if they go into a gun store, they're probably going to be a federally prohibited person and get denied on their background check. But if they did a face-to-face transfer because they have a license to carry that's valid, uh, they could do a private transfer. That's the only way I see it. And are they violating federal law at that point? I honestly don't know. So uh, there's another stump the chump question as well. So there's some good questions rolling in on the chat. So we'll get to that uh, in a bit. But we have a great interview with Matt Mallory from the Pressers, Meet the Pressers. Uh, so you don't want to miss that. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that right after the break. And the USACCA is sponsoring a special presentation with Beth Alcazar, a nationally recognized author and authority on self-defense. And learn how carrying a firearm is different for women and how to better defend your family. But this is for only women. So sorry, guys. You can sign up at CapeGunWorks.com. November 5th is when it's happening. So check it out on the web. And we'll be right back with Matt Mallory. I'm Toby Weird. The Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe 
built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong. And Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months. So it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. Guns, Freedom, Second Amendment, and Self-Defense. I'm really happy to have on the show with us today uh, Matt Mallory. from He's the co-host of Meet the Pressers uh, with Clint Macro, who's been a frequent guest on this show. And also, he is the founder of Public Safety and Education. Uh, he's from upstate New York and living under uh, New York's reign of tyranny. So it's good to at least collaborate with a fellow... Um, Yeah, fellow prisoner of war (laughs) in a a highly restrictive state. So, Matt, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. And so, um, you know, we we were talking a little bit about before we came on the air about what you do, and it's a mouthful. So why don't you go ahead and tell everybody what you've been up to lately and what it is you do? Oh, goodness. Okay. So uh, public safety and education is my training company. I teach about 90 different courses, about 300 times a year all over the country, training thousands of uh, people as well as instructors. Uh, the majority of it, like we were talking about, is firearms-centric, firearms-related, but I also touch into self-defense, uh, pepper spray, taser, uh, force-on-force with UTM products. And then in New York locally, I do a lot of security guard, law enforcement, boater ed, driver ed, hunter ed, some of the obscure stuff too. But it, that's my, my main thing that I do besides the hobby farm that we have here and the rental that we have on Airbnb, but the, the, the major thing is the, the training aspect of it. Sure. And you obviously are, you know, you do a podcast with Clint on meet the pressers. Uh, it's a, it's a great show that you guys yes. get into a lot of the nuance of, you know, gun ownership in restrictive States as well as other stuff. Uh, For sure. Topics of yeah, discussion. We- We've, uh, it, it, it's kind of neat because uh, Clint hosted UTM to come in and do the UTM level two instructor course years ago. And at the course, I, I had a, uh, a small show prior to that called the PS and Ed show. And we, that got put on the back burner because the, my co-host at that time decided to move, uh, get a job close to his house. So he wasn't coming out this way as much. And Clint just said to me, well, you can't let that go. You got, you know, you got sponsors and you got momentum and you got, you know, you know, me doing your voiceover. <laughs> I go, I go, I'm not going to do it myself. I, I can't run a show myself. There's just, it's just too much work for me to, to do everything. I need the partner. And he goes, well, I'll be your partner. And I was like, you serious? And he goes, he goes, yeah, hell yeah. 
So, uh, and that was the beginning of Meet the Pressers. I think that was February. By April, we were up and running, had the name, the website, the show going, recording. And that was uh, four, uh, I think about four years ago. Nice. That's great. Yeah, you couldn't ask for a better co-host there. Clint's excellent, very yes. well-spoken, and an extremely knowledgeable guy as it relates to for sure. firearms, for sure. Um, you're also doing a new gig with Charlie Cook, right? So Yeah, so, so with Clint, Going to work for the USCCA full time, he's uh, being the producer of the show. Can't be on the front with everything he's got going on. Uh, face a face of the show, so I, I had an idea of doing a live show because Clint and I didn't want to do a live show at the beginning because it was a new show. We didn't want to do a live show and have like one viewer. We just didn't think that would be good for you know for anything. So we wanted to build the base a little bit and then eventually down the road do a live show. So it came to me that. Well, we've been doing it for years. We've had hundreds of guests. We're IMDb listed talk show, which there's, I don't know if there's any other YouTube shows that are IMDb listed on Hollywood. You know, Clint got that taken care of. So that was awesome on his part. Uh, so I thought, what the heck, let's do a live show. And I said, who could I have as my guest co-host to do that? And I, I thought, why not pick somebody else who has their own show that already has had guests and then. And I pitched it to Charlie and said, why don't we do a live show together, your show, my show, and we bring on the best of, like anybody, somebody who's been on your show that has been on mine or hasn't, or that's been on yours and hasn't been on ours, that kind of thing. And uh, and that's that's where that started. We've been going at that for six months or so, and it's hit or miss. It's, it's just whenever we have time to uh, grab somebody when inspiration hits, hits, uh, hits we run with it. But it's kind of neat. So it's Charlie awesome. Cook's writing Shotgun Charlie and then meet the pressers uh, and, and guests from either of the shows. Yeah, Charlie's great. He's been a guest on my show. I've been a guest on his show. Mm-hmm. And I joked with him that um, I know I've finally made it as a guy in the gun industry because I got to go ride in the stagecoach. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we had, yeah, awesome. yeah, we had, um, you know, joked for years, really, but schedule wise, it was hard to actually get it together. But anyway, uh, so you're from upstate New York. Obviously, yes, don't hold that against me. <laughs> I don't believe me because I know I know the stigma that's attached to people who live behind enemy lines. Uh, as a fellow, uh, you know, Iron Curtain dweller, um, <laughs> so I have talked a lot about this New York State Rifle and Pistol Association v. Bruin case that came down in June. That was like a symphony orchestra playing in the ears of all. You know, pro pro 2A gun owners and and advocates. And so um, you living in New York now have seen the results of it as far as this new uh, Concealed Carry Improvement Act. And I use that word loosely. (laughs) So tell us, you know, one of the big things that I was a little bit confused about, maybe because I read it in so many different places, but I know that they started to declare these uh, sensitive areas in great swaths in complete defiance to the Supreme Court who said you can't do this. Um, tell me how that's played out and tell us how that's played out. Is it possible to still carry a gun in upstate New York and, you know, or did that big painting with that broad brush, uh, you know, cover the whole state or was it just localized to New York City? Yeah, so New York, prior to September 1st, New York City was basically a, a no-go zone for anybody who had a pistol license outside of the city. So Long Island and Upstate could not carry a gun down there. On the licenses, they actually say not valid in New York City. 
Um, once September 1st came along, it basically took everything that New York City has been struggling with as far as not being able to carry a limited amount of people having licenses in New York City, where in upstate people could have licenses, but it was, a, you know, they used the proper cause, which was what, what was shot down by the Supreme Court. So there would be some counties that were more liberal, wouldn't necessarily issue licenses, where other counties that were a little more conservative would issue unrestricted licenses, which allowed them to carry pretty much anywhere in the state other than New York City. And once September 1st happened, that really changed it and flipped it upside down, where now they changed it from proper cause to good moral character to try to slap the uh, Supreme Court in the face. And then also added all these sensitive locations and restricted locations. So sensitive locations being pretty much anything government alone, which I've always told my students, just don't if it's government alone, don't go there unless you have to. Then if you have to, don't go in with a weapon, lock your guns up in your vehicle, your knives, your pepper spray, your taser, all, all your goodies. Go in, do what you got to do. Get the heck out of there as quick as you can. Get back to your vehicle, arm yourself back up. And then limit the amount of times you do something like that because you're putting yourself in harm's way because everybody hates the government. Right. <laughs> so that being said, uh, and then, then they did the whole, uh, the whole down there in New York city times square. It's like, uh, the Supreme court said, you can't just with a wave of a wand, say the entire Island of Manhattan is you know off limits. So what they do one one step down, okay. Times square is off limits. <laughs> it's ridiculous, but it, it just everything churches. I mean, right. churches, schools, I've always been against that anyways. It's like, no, let's arm our teachers, teachers that want to be armed. They have the experience that, you know, they put the, put the list of what they got to do to be able to be armed, put, make it, make it stringent. I'm sure anybody who wants to protect kids is going to go that mile. Right. But you know, then you get the parents that say, Oh, I don't want my kids in a prison. Well, I don't want them in a grave. I'd rather have them in a prison than a grave. Right. Yeah, it's, it's the world we live in. So yeah. anyway, there's lots of sensitive locations that are that are reaching up into upstate now. The good thing with New York City, they look at it as a plus. They're like, well, we've never been able been able to even get a license outside of a premise license. So they're giddy. But upstate, it's totally reversed for upstate. So there's a lot of places you can't go to a restaurant that serves alcohol. Yeah. They got a liquor license, can't go in the restaurant. Crazy. I mean, literally, class. It's felony. Yeah, insane. So along those lines. Um, you just mentioned the premise license. There were there's business owners in New York City that once upon a time had a license to operate in their business. Now that whole area has been deemed a sensitive area. And even if they had a premise license, they can't carry a gun in their own business or establishment, correct? Right. If it's a location such as, a, you know, a restaurant that serves alcohol or a okay. church, those are big ones that, that right off the get go. Or if it's a location that has it doesn't have a sign so if it's a business that doesn't have a sign that says you're allowed right then that's a restricted location you cannot bring a firearm into a restricted location unless it has a sign that says you can or the owner or the the owner of it whether it's personal property or a business uh gives you verbal permission and i always tell people if it's a business get more than verbal permission get written permission if it's a residence a friend's house you're going to yeah, them saying, yeah, come on, you can bring your gun over. That's probably fine. But if you go into a retail establishment and you only have verbal permission and then somebody else there sees the gun somehow, some way printing or whatnot, and then they, they're not going to be like, oh, sir, are, are you a good guy or a bad guy? They're going to call up 911 and then you got the police coming with guns pointing at you and nobody wants that. So I usually say get written permission from that business. Convince them into putting the sign up on their door that says conceal carry welcome. Right. Wow, it's it's amazing because obviously this is exactly what Clarence Thomas had in mind when he drafted sure. that, you know, 
48-page decision or however many pages it was, yeah. right? And it's amazing how Hochul and her team of anti-gunners were able to read between the lines and see what his true intent was because it wasn't clear enough in his actual pages and pages of decision. So this is obviously a petulant child not getting her way <laughs> and, frankly, uh, trying to take it out on anyone who would want to carry a gun for protection, personal protection, or defend their business against the spiking crime rates in these uh, very sensitive locations, right? Right, exactly. And I I really, I I see this going two ways, and I'm hoping it goes both. I hope both of these things happen. One, the polls are tight. Zeldin wasn't my first option. I really, you know, I had other people running that I would have rather had as governor, but he's probably the most likely to get it because he isn't perfectly right. He's Mm -hmm. more closer to center, which I'd rather have that than what we have now in her. Right. So one, hopefully Zeldin wins an election and anybody in New York listening vote. No, this is the time you can't say, well, my vote doesn't count. Your vote counts. Five million gun owners in New York state only took, I think, two million votes to get Cuomo elected. So if every gun owner voted for Zeldin, we'd win in a landslide against mm. Hulk, against Hochul. So one, two, it's going to get shut down in court. Regardless, the, the Attorney General Letitia James has already said she's going to appeal it. She thinks the whole law needs to be held up and and and, and fully uh, enacted and stays put in New York State. So that's going to be her downfall there because if she was smart, and I hope she isn't listening, <laughs> if she was smart, she would just let what wins in court for us go that I say us is the conservative people that want to be able to defend ourselves against bad guys. She'd let that run, run the play. And then whatever isn't passed or, you know, isn't thrown out in court. At least she's got some resemblance of the CCA that, that held up. Yeah. She goes full gusto and appeals. If the, this three judge panel that's going to review this decides to go in, in the favor of GOA, then it's going to the Supreme Court and we know it's where that's going to go. I mean, I, and I'm hoping they pick that up. I hope Rita Sherry is given a lickety split because I don't know why they wouldn't. I mean, they're probably like seething, waiting to grab this, this and pull this up and just be like smack New York again. Like you really, this is what you did. Well, okay. Let's go a little broader on what we're going to say here. You're not allowed to do any of this. Right. I don't know. I don't know what teeth that's going to give. I I guarantee the governor's probably going to just do, do the same thing again, but maybe not if she doesn't get elected. Yeah. I mean, we're in a very similar place here in Massachusetts uh, with our governor race and also with our, um, although I would say that the more conservative, uh, hard right candidate won in our primaries, unlike in New York with Lee Zeldin. Mm-hmm. But um, we have a serious uh, 2A hanging in the balance as far as state law is concerned uh, that could really screw us up for years to come if mm-hmm. if the wrong candidate gets in. And uh, I th- I've said many times, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Very similar to New York where, you know, they're not going to take it sitting down. They're going to fight tooth and nail. And until they're held personally liable and personally and financially liable, they're playing with house money. So they're going to be able to, uh, you know, stack the deck. But uh, Matt, tell everyone where they can find you, how they can follow your show and where they can find you and follow you on social media, et cetera, et cetera. 
For sure. So meetthepressers.com. That brings you to uh, our show, Meet the Pressers. And uh, there you can follow, uh, follow us on all the social media platforms. It's all Meet the Pressers on everything, uh, as well as YouTube, um, Gunstreamer, all, um, I think 14 audio platforms. We're listed on all those. And you also get a link to our IMDb page to look at uh, all the uh, people that have come on the show, which is cool. So anybody that comes on our show gets an actor's actor, actor actress credit on IMDb. So they actually get a Hollywood credit when they come on our show, which is kind of a neat allure and why we've had so many phenomenal guests on the show in such a short time. Wow, my agent hasn't called yet, so <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. But anyway, thanks so much, Matt, for joining us. We'll have sure. to do this again. And if, sure. if you want the best legal protection, join the USCCA. Go to uscca.com slash remote and use code word WORKS. That's uscca.com forward slash remote and use code word WORKS to get special training, legal advice, and the legal protection you and your family need. We will be right back. This is Rapid Fire. for personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.com remote and use code word WORKS. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.com remote and use code word WORKS to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Rapid Fire. I am your host, Toby Leary. And you can call us or text in to the Rapid Fire line if you have any 2A related questions. The number is 508 444 2120. That's 508 444 2120. And we would love to take your questions. If you leave a message, just include your name, your location, and obviously what the question is. And we will get to it as soon as we possibly can. If you don't, if we don't get to it this week, we'll get to it next week, hopefully. Um, and speaking of that, we have one right now from the text line. I am a Massachusetts resident with an LTC, and I really want to purchase a Sig Sauer 226X5 polished stainless with wood grips and i know the sig 226 is an approved handgun uh, but does it matter that it's an x5 having trouble ordering because of the 20 round magazine do they sell it with a 10 round and could i purchase without a mag and buy it um, you know buy a 10 round to go in it thanks for any help chris well chris uh this is a complicated issue um but generally speaking uh the if the gun is on the roster as a SIG 226, then yes, I could sell it. If it's on the roster as a SIG 226, you know, dot MA dot, you know, legion dot whatever, um, then it would be 
a little more complicated and probably couldn't do the transfer. So um, if you look up the uh, approved weapons roster, which is hopefully going to go away someday with the, uh, with the, um, in light of this Bruin decision. Uh, but until then we don't have the ability, you know, you know what I mean? To, to just make it go away. Um, so what I would say is look at the, uh, I'll actually look it up for you while I'm on the line here. Uh, but on the mass approved weapons roster, if you look up how they, they put it on and they really shot us in the foot with their 320. Cause it used to be the SIG was on there as a 320 and nine millimeter or 320 and 40 or 320 and 45. Then they changed it all around. And now it's the 320F-9-M17-MS-MA. So plasma rifle in the 40 watt range. I guess what you see, pal. <laughs> um, so anyway, my, uh, yeah. So let's take a quick look here and see how they have the 226 um, it does look like it's got the full, uh, oh, nope, they do just have 226 stainless, so you're good. So yeah, we could get that for you. They have the 226, the 226 with rail, 226 stainless, and then they have the 226 legion, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, that wouldn't be a problem. Obviously, the you'd have to get 10 round mags for it, and uh, or we could pin them for you. So uh, give us a call at the shop if you want to place a special order. We'd be happy to help you out with that. And obviously, we're headed for a break, but before we go, you should head over to capegunworks.com and use this week's special discount code GEAR, G-E-A-R, GEAR, and that'll get you a substantial savings off your entire order. And remember, any order over 300 bucks is still free shipping until I get tired of it, so you want to go check that out. And if you're in mass and you order ammo over 300 bucks, we're going to come right to your door. So we'll be back after this. You're listening to Rapid Fire. I'm Toby Lee. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. Federal ammunition is 100 This is where the American ingenuity met a trailblazing spirit. Hard work united with patriotism and technology blended with new ideas. That's federal ammunition. Right here in Anoka, Minnesota, born in 1922, made in America, and proud to be the best. Federal ammunition, a century of innovation, and we're only getting started. SnapSafe, featuring a pry-resistant 316-inch solid steel door, 2300-degree Fahrenheit one-hour fire shield protection, and a lifetime warranty. SnapSafe, a modular safe with welded safe security. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your 2 Talk Radio Show, where you can ask us questions. You can jump in when we're recording live on the chat or call 508-444-2120 any time of the day or night. Especially when we're recording live, you can talk to me on the air and ask your question. But anytime you leave a message, just include your 
name, location, and what your question is. And uh, speaking of questions, there's lots of good ones rolling in on the chat right now. And uh, let's just jump on another one that was stump the chump type. Uh, So Chris asks a question. Oh, I already answered that one, but there was another one I wanted to get to. Uh, this one, Davey says, hey guys, have you heard anything about binary triggers being targeted now? Will you inform customers if ATF comes to your, for my sales records? Absolutely. I have not heard anything about binary triggers being targeted in any way, shape, or form. Um, they're pretty hard after the uh, forced reset triggers right now. Uh, so maybe if they have significant victories or substantial uh, movement in that, then they'll come after binaries next. But they are very different than the forced reset triggers. And um, we would definitely share with everybody if ATF came knocking about who, um, you know, who bought them, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so I don't think they're really on anybody's radar at the moment, hopefully. Um but there was another question here. Uh, oh, yeah, here it is. Um, KJ says, I have a second home in Florida. Can I sell a pistol purchased in mass down there? Do I report it to the on the mass uh, gun portal? And how if the buyer has no mass LTC? Um, this is actually a little bit of a nuanced question that I just don't want to give bad advice on. This is this could be construed as serious legal advice. So I would defer to the experts on that. But the bottom line is it's, I see, I don't think it's a problem because you could legally take the gun you purchased here down to Florida and then you could do a face-to-face transfer. Um, But I don't know if that would violate the interstate commerce you know, ban on being able to sell pistols across state lines. Whereas you're, you have a second home in Florida. I think the prudent and reasonable thing to do would be to just bring it to a gun dealer and have them log it in and then do a 4473 and sell it to that person. But I'm going to have to ask the experts on that one because that one, uh, I wouldn't want to get someone into federal hot water. So that's, that's what I'm going to say for now is you don't need an AR-15. You don't need 30 rounds, right, Joe? Just buy a double barrel shotgun. Um, so that's a great question, KJ. Uh, and BSWQ says, how are pre-ban mags beneficial in Massachusetts if we're not allowed to have detachable mags? Well, because there's lots of guns you can have detachable mags on. The one little end around we've we've thought up, and I'm not the one who thought it up, frankly. Uh, I actually, the first time I heard it was a guy who told me he's working on making a mass-compliant AR pistol. This is even before the Healy edict of 7-2016, uh, when she basically banned outright any AR-15 sales. Uh, and he told me, based on the fact that the f- magazine is fixed in the gun... It can't be considered an assault weapon under any definition. And I chewed on that a little bit and said, oh, yeah, I think you're right. Um, Never really touched it until after her edict went into effect and effectively banned the future sale of all AR-15s in any any variation. Uh, So 
we came up, and again, I don't take credit, I say we as an industry, came up with this workaround that if the magazine was fixed in the gun from original manufacture, it was it was a purpose-built gun designed for sale in Massachusetts with a fixed magazine, then it can't be considered a, an assault weapon. So it also opened our eyes to what this guy had told me before that all went down, that Actually, you could have an AR pistol in this state because it can't be considered an assault weapon. So really, the fixed mag guns only pertain to the enumerated guns on the assault weapons ban. So the AR-15, the AK-47, the uh, FNFAL, the FNFSC, the Tech 9 the Uzi, the uh, Steyr AUG, etc., Although not all of those guns do we even set up as a fixed mag because it would be impossible to load them if if they were. The AR-15, you can break open the action. The AK-47, I guess there's a way to top load that magazine. Um, I haven't tried it, but I do know some people who own fixed mag ARs, I mean AKs. So anyway, all of that being said, there's plenty of modern sporting rifles that take AR-15 magazines that aren't fixed they're detachable so that's where the pre-bands are beneficial like um and i'm specifically talking about the ar-15 mag there's the cz bren there's the tavor there's the uh springfield hellcat uh or hellpup whatever that it is um hellion that's what it is the hellion the set me l the uh what else um the caltech rdbs the sig mcx and we have two new ones coming out very, very soon. They're Cape Gunworks purpose-built gun on the Brownells BRN180 platform, which I'm really happy about. That thing is super cool. And so stand by. That should be out in the next day or so. Uh, I'm just building out the lowers now. The uppers are all done. And these are super cool. They're very similar to a SIG MCX. It's a ground-up redesign. takes AR pattern mags. And we'll have those hitting the shelves in the next couple days. Um, but anyway, there's there's a lot of good options out there. Some, I think, are even better options than a fixed mag AR, or a lot of them are better options. And there's also the good old-fashioned pre-ban AR-15. So you can still get pre-ban AR-15s and then put the fixed, I mean, the pre-ban mags in them. So... There's a lot of good reasons to have pre-banned mags in the state. And hopefully someday uh, we'll be able to have whatever capacity mag we want whenever it's been made. Um, so there's another question about when is the Bruin uh, decision going to trickle through all the bogus mass gun laws. And I'm going to say that it's going to take time. Unfortunately, it takes time. Uh, the Bruin decision took seven years to get to the Supreme Court. Uh, so it's really going to be a matter of um, getting a plaintiff that has standing in this state in order to challenge the various laws. So they're they're coming. Let's put it that way. It's all being worked on, and it's absolutely coming. Um, so there you have that. We're really excited about seeing our rights restored. Um, and Rick says, Toby current mass LTC just purpose, purchased property in New Hampshire looking to get dual residency mass in New Hampshire so I can purchase in both states. What do I need to know? Thank you. And uh, basically, if you have property in another state, I don't know if it counts to just have a postal stamp 
you know, piece of land or if you actually have to have a residence there. Um, maybe if you have a post office box or a um, physical address with a mail box or something like that. I don't know what the whole, what qualifies as a second residence, but maybe you can prove that you take, you know, spend a significant amount of time there and you pay taxes and um, you have, you know, property there, then that might be enough. But the point is, if you do have a secondary property, a, you know, a vacation home, if you will, then you can legally purchase across state lines um, firearms. And that's really the only way I know of other than being an FFL. So um, there you have it. But we got lots more to get to. Uh, we haven't even cracked the surface. The chat's on fire today. So we'll get to this on the other side in hour number two because the first hour's in the bag. And if you're listening on the radio, most likely you're only getting the first hour. So you got to go over to capeconworks.com or rapidfireradio.us and get the whole second half of this show. You don't want to miss out. We've got a great interview coming up. We're going to get to your questions. We'll also take your calls at 508-444-2120. And remember, again, if you're listening on WXDK, we're going at 5 p.m. So you want to make sure to adjust your schedule, set your alarms, notify your friends, neighbors, enemies, and relatives that Rapid Fire Radio has moved to 5 p.m. So queue up your questions and check out some of our online content. Freedom will always be on the right side of history. Stay tuned or we'll see you next time. I'm Toby Leary and this is Rapid Fire. from the government and I'm here to help. Made in America since 1949. Family owned and operated. Legendary performance. This is Hornady. Federal ammunition is 100. This is where the American ingenuity met a trailblazing spirit. Hard work united with patriotism and technology blended with new ideas. That's Federal Ammunition. Right here in Anoka, Minnesota, born in 1922, made in America, and proud to be the best. Federal Ammunition, a century of innovation. And we're only getting started. Federal Ammunition. May your tag of a lifetime finally come through. May the snow pile up and the elk come down. May your socks always stay dry. May the herd bull finally break from the herd. And may your aim always stay true. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to the Vortex. Once you're involved in something like this, the stress level, it can tear up a family... He said he was tried in the court of public opinion before he ever stepped foot in a courtroom, but surveillance video helped shed light on what actually happened. 50-year-old Ford employee Billy Coert was charged with attempted murder for shooting his gun in the United Auto Workers 551 parking lot in June 2016. 
to have everything you worked for taken away. Coart was suspended and then terminated from his job with Ford, where he'd worked for nearly two decades. To have somebody have your back and have a company that have your back, and then they put me in touch with a great attorney. That was the best feeling. Go to uscca.com to learn more about protecting yourself and your family. Alexander Hamilton said, those who stand for nothing will fall for anything. This is Toby from Cape Gunworks. When our founding fathers drafted the Second Amendment, there was no question of its meaning. Today, if you have questions, come to Cape Gunworks for some advice, training, or to send a few rounds downrange. We have a fully stocked pro shop with a huge selection of guns, crossbows, archery, classes, rentals, a 15-lane range, and a friendly staff. Come on down to Cape Gunworks Airport Road, Hyannis, or capegunworks.com. Welcome to Rapid Fire, your 2A Talk Radio show sponsored by Vortex Optics and USCCA. Tune in each week at rapidfireradio.us to join the conversation, or you can call the Rapid Fire line, 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. You can like us and subscribe on all of our social media platforms. Our handle is at Cape Gunworks. Uh, and Rapid Fire Radio is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Parlor, Twitch, Rumble, etc., etc. Except on the Instagram, we are CGW underscore backup. Uh, so CGW underscore backup for the Cape Gunworks content on Instagram. Everything else is at Cape Gunworks or at Rapid Fire Radio. Uh, and we're pretty happy to be finding a lot more reach in some of the alternate social media platforms besides the big tech ones, which are um, Truth, Rumble, Parler, um, Twitch. We're on Twitch. Uh, we're also on uh, the, um, what's the other one we're on? Telegram. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Telegram's one that we've got zero reach in. I think we're, we have this weird algorithm thing going on there. And I don't think it's like them blocking us, but because it's like a weird, I sent out a link to people and it it came through as rapid fire radio, but it's our Cape Gunworks page. And I think that's causing all kinds of crossed wires. So I don't know. We'll straighten that out one of these days, but I love telegram and uh, they're another one that doesn't block our content or censor us. It's just, we, we reach out to those three people a day. So Um, that's about our reach on that one. So, uh, we'd love to see that grow, but other people have hundreds of thousands of, you know, followers. So you never know what you're going to find. But anyway, we're going to jump right into the chat. If you want to be on the show, you can give us a call at 508-444-2120. Uh, but we're going to jump into the chat and try to churn through a lot of these questions. Uh, Tom says, glad to view your video. Thank you very much. I'm glad you take the time to check it out. Chris, um, I already answered his in the first hour. Um, and HPS is lamenting the fact that it's another day, another struggle with this horrific gun control laws in the state of Massachusetts. And um, I would agree with that. And I kind of mentioned this, Shane, uh, in the first hour, when are the Supreme Court cases going to affect, affect the restrictions in this state? And it's going to take time, a whole lot of patience and time. And it's going to take 
plenty of money, patience, and time. So to do it right. So there you have that. And I'm not going to sing it. Um, anyway, um, my beautiful bride just arrived. Maybe she'll want to be a guest on the show, but I don't think so. Um, she shut the door pretty quick. Uh, so let's see. Why does any uh, um, question for the attorney if he's on today? Oh, I'm sorry. I missed that question. Um, KJ, uh, when he was on, um, but let's see how are pre-ban mags beneficial in mass. We already answered that social credit score might be low <laughs> getting ahead of it and spreading rumors of how amazing I am and hoping for the best. Oh, that's a good one. Um, yeah, let's see. Uh, Oregon, Oregon is under attack with ballot measure 114 and with Tina uh, Kochik, I'll take your word for that, G23, because I don't know about that one. I'll have to look it up. Um, and let's see. Uh, and again, I'm sorry, G-Webs, I missed this when I had Matt on. Uh, of all the folks he's interviewed, is there a favorite conversation? Second, uh, who would be his pick to interview if he could? I think he could answer both of those questions with one person. Um because he's threatened to have me on. So obviously that's going to be his favorite conversation and who he would be his number one pick to interview if he could. So, uh, yeah. And, uh, I think, I think, um, you'll all see right through that one. <laughs> uh, let's see. And Davey says word on the street. It's coming. I think he's talking about the federal assault weapons ban. Senators sent an, a letter to the ATF. Mm, I'll have to look into that. Uh, and G. Webbs points out these guys are getting the whole who's who of Second Amendment and the gun community on the website, the Internet uh, Movie Database. That's a very cool accomplishment. And I, I couldn't agree more. I'm going to try to get that on. Um, we're going to try and do the same. So that is brilliant. I love it. And so we'll see how it goes. But. Interesting local article here on Bearing Arms by Tom Knighton um, yesterday on how the Massachusetts police find ghost gun and drugs after search. Say it ain't so. Um, It's a short little article, so I'm going to read it. The state of Massachusetts was one of the earlier states to ban homemade firearms known in the media as ghost guns. I don't think they were, though, actually, because technically it's still legal in Massachusetts. Um, There's been some legislation proposed but never voted on um there is a restriction on them in that you have to register them after you build them um so it kind of defeats the whole purpose a little bit but anyway they're not banned to build in the state um they weren't alone of course but it's not like this state is known for a refusal to pass gun control laws and we're told those laws work We're told that they do all the things the proponents say they will. Unfortunately, I don't buy it. And a recent arrest in Massachusetts is a good case study as to why I don't. According to Holyoke Police Captain Matthew Moriarty, officers along with members of the state police, DEA and FBI executed a search warrant issued by the Holyoke District Court at 985 Hamden Street 
and 116 Waldo Street last Wednesday. The search warrants were part of a lengthy investigation into a regional narcotics trafficking operation with routes to the Highland neighborhood of Holyoke and neighboring communities inside the two homes. Officers seized a large quantity of heroin and cocaine, two illegal firearms, and cash. One of the firearms was considered an AR-15 ghost gun. So uh, one of the most gun-controlled states in the nation couldn't keep guns out of the hand of a criminal shocking but that's because other states won't ban ghost guns someone will claim of course only one of the recovered is an unserialized firearm the other one wasn't then there's the massive amount of heroin and cocaine they found which we if we can't keep people like this guy from getting that stuff these drugs are illegal in all 50 states and pretty much illegal everywhere in the world then how would more gun control laws in completely different states keep so-called ghost guns out of this Yahoo's hands? The answer is, of course, they won't. I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. As we've pointed out repeatedly, gun control only inhibits the law-abiding. Those inclined to break the law typically don't hesitate to break still more laws in the process. They don't figure they're going to get caught anyway, so they don't worry about still more time in prison if they are. But gun laws like those in Massachusetts keep law-abiding people disarmed. They dissuade many from exercising their God-given right to keep and bear arms in the first place, thus making it easier for the bad guys to find defenseless prey. Banking so-called, uh, banning so-called ghost guns won't end the practice of making unserialized items. That ship set sail back in 1998. Uh, criminals will find a way to obtain guns just as this guy obtained heroin and cocaine. Those didn't come from some state where they were legal. If all guns vanished from the hands of law-abiding, criminals would still get guns via the same illicit pipeline they used to get guns, uh, excuse me, drugs. What's more interesting is that the so-called ghost guns, and I mean those produced without serial numbers, not the manufactured by gun companies then stolen and had the serial number removed, only account for a tiny fraction of the firearms used in criminal activity. All of this hysteria that led to the ban uh, that didn't work was manufactured Fear designed to terrify people into supporting said ban that didn't work. Typical. Um, so, yeah, you can check out that article on bearing arms, but it's 100% true that a lot of these so called ghost guns are very disingenuous numbers because criminals love to obliterate serial numbers. Um, they love to take a gun that was stolen and obliterate it so that it can't be traced back to wherever it was taken from or. Uh, can't be traced back to maybe a straw purchaser or something to that effect. And so, uh, interestingly enough, a violent felon that was caught with one of these uh, obliterated serial number guns, um, that charge was dismissed. So, go figure. If you're hearing this and you don't have your gun license, we have regularly scheduled LTC classes, including ladies-only classes and couples classes. So sign up at capegunworks.com so you can get your LTC in this state uh, very soon. All right, we will be back. You're listening to Rapid Fire, so don't go away. personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan 
Go to uscca.com slash remote and use code word WORKS. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.com slash remote and use code word WORKS to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly 2A talk radio show that you can call us in on the Rapid Fire line. It's 508-444-2120. That's 508-444-2120. And any time of the day or night, you can call or text that line if you want to be on the show. So speaking of that, let's get to some of your questions here. Um, uh, Jay Banks is saying he's planning on coming down this weekend to check Cape Gunworks out. And I would say, awesome. We'll, we'll be waiting for you. The, we'll roll out the red carpet and give you uh, the best customer treatment we possibly can. And uh, he says he's coming down with a little group of friends. And so that's awesome. The more the merrier. So we're looking forward to that. And um, Duncan is saying that he saw a California AR-15 that's legal Maybe with a fixed mag where the fixed 22LR mag into the grip, the Fifi fix it for you. The 22 mag does not feed the gun, but the secondary mag is detachable. Interesting. Um, I know that they have a couple of California compliant versions. They actually have it one step better than us with the fixed mag thing because their fixed mag. Um, only has to be fixed when the action of the gun is closed. So if you have your rear pin in, um, you shouldn't, you can't pull the mag out. But when you pop the rear pin and swing it open, you can lift the mag out the top of the gun and put in a full one, drop another one in, and close it. And so it's a top-loading magazine. Franklin Arms came up with that one, which is great. I think it's a little bit clunkier than using the Mean Arms MA loader, but still, if you get used to it, they put like a a ring pull on the pin so that it's quick to pop that rear pin out and it'll hinge open and then you just pop out the mag from the top and drop in the fresh one that's fully loaded and close the action of the gun, drive the pin in, and you're good to go. And these are all the hoops we have to jump through in band states. So, yeah, go figure. Um, Duncan's wondering if the mass requires the OEM fix mag versus a user-installed from what I can tell, if the user is building the gun from the ground up, purpose-built, fixed mag gun, then they can install it. It doesn't have to be originally installed from the uh, manufacturer as long as the gun was purpose-built as a fixed mag gun. And Massachusetts doesn't consider a lower as a uh, as a gun. So, therefore, they can't make any determination on what the original intent of the gun is based on a lower because mass doesn't recognize it as a firearm like the feds do. Um, so there you go. 
And Davey says, you need a driver's license in that second state. That's what a shop in Maine told me. And I don't believe that's true, Davey. I believe uh, you just need to prove that you have another residence in, in another state. So maybe a bill, a tax bill that you could uh, get from town hall or, you know, some mail from your address in that state would be enough. Uh, I would say a tax bill should be sufficient um, to prove that you have another residence and uh, it's on the instructions are right on the federal 4473 form. So um, you can look at that online and, and uh, download it and get the questions on it. So anyway, that should clear it all up. I'll do a little bit of brushing up on that myself. Um, and Davey's saying that we should check out that Matt Hoover guy's YouTube. He did a video on it a day or two ago. And that's why I asked about them. Okay, cool. We'll definitely do that. We'll check it out. Um, I, I think that was specific to that one gun store. Every gun store has different interpretations of the law, and they want to make sure they don't get into any um, hot water. So anyway, um, and Cape Cod says the second hour is the best hour. Wow, that's cool. Um, glad to hear that. Cape Cod. And what do you guys think? Should we end up going to the long format so I can have longer interviews with guests rather than just a short, you know, um, <laughs> Roy likes this format, obviously. Professor Claw, um, he, he'd like it to be a six hour, seven day a week show on, on cable, satellite TV. And uh, Spotify and Sirius XM. And until that day, I ask the question, should we do a long four-hour <laughs> four live streams? We've done that once upon a time. Been there, done that. If and, you want to protect yourself, get a double-barrel shotgun and fire two blasts outside the house. He's playing with some new buttons today, so I'm sorry. you got to listen to the same thing over and over. But anyway... Um, Cape Cod saying, I was thinking about the set me L as a purchase. What are my thoughts on the rifle? I think it's a very cool gun. It's a roller lock delayed blowback like the HK 93. Um, but it's a much more substantial gun in my opinion. It's heavier. And, um, I like the fact that there's a welded pick rail on top. I like the fact that I can get it in multiple colors from the factory, whether it be green or gray or FTE or black, um, I like the fact that it runs the Stenang AR-15, you know, pre-band GI, USGI mags very, very well. It's interesting it doesn't run pre-bands well at all. I mean, uh, not pre-bands, but uh, post-bands like a Magpul or whatever. It's garbage on those. But um, it, it would be a tough gun if you wanted to put like a low-power variable optic on it because the rear sight post is actually welded to the action of the gun. So... It's a great gun for a red dot sight or just to use with iron sights. And it's pretty, you know, I have them in mass compliant configurations. So uh, they have a pinned and welded uh, muzzle brake and a fixed stock. So they're fairly painless to get. And they're kind of cheap and cheerful, kind of a middle of the road price range as far as the uh, modern sporting rifles are concerned. Uh, they are the set me... L was the Spanish military's military weapon. And uh, so it's a pretty tried and true, heavy, you know, hard use rifle that will run pretty well. 
and I think uh, you'll like it. So, yeah, it's a cool gun. Um, if it were me, I'd probably buy something maybe a little different if I was going to have a modern sporting rifle. But if it's you know part of the collection, absolutely. If it's my only modern sporting rifle, then uh, we'll see. I wonder if they will issue more green cards in mass now because of Bruin. Um, I don't, I don't know. Um, that's going to be another, I think that's like, if the stuff we care about mostly is five to seven years down the road or three to seven years down the road, I think this is probably 10 years down the road. <laughs> uh, maybe someone will bring it. I don't know. Uh, but maybe I think you'd have to get denied. And uh, Don and Stoughton, which is a frequent flyer on the Grace Curley show whenever I fill in there, and he sends me more legal briefs than my eyes can consume in my limited schedule. Uh, he actually claims to have written some of the uh, language in the the machine gun legislation in Massachusetts. So what... what um, Professor Claus referring to is the uh, is the green card as it's known in Massachusetts is the machine gun um, is the machine gun license. So we have a very specific license for a machine gun in this state. And uh, let me see if I can get Don and Stoughton his email about this. Uh, but it's um, it's pretty interesting uh, because he said that all you have to do to prove that you're a uh, bona fide collector of firearms is have a Type 3 FFL, which is the Curio and Relics license. So you, you produce that, you get the license if you apply. So I don't know too many people that have been flat out denied for a green card that when they've you know, if they're a LTC holder in this state. So the, the bottom line is, what good does it do you unless you have 20 or 30 grand in the bank in order to buy? I guess the only thing it would enable you to do is come in and rent a machine gun from us and shoot it on our range. What's that? Right, yeah, no, you're right. You bring up a good point. Like, why could you have... Um, you know, can you have that subjectivity of it? But they're still requiring you to take a class to get an LTC. So, again, I think that stuff is more important than the green card on a scale of 1 to 10 and as it ranks in my book. I don't think the masses, I think it's all important, but again, it's going to be coming down to which um, rights being restored in the order of priority, like machine guns are like number 10 out of 10 on my list of one to 10. I'd much rather see, and this will hurt me financially, what I'm about to say. I'd much rather you be able to just carry a gun constitutionally um, without having to get a, buy a license or buy a permit from the government at some arbitrary inflated cost that expires every six years. I feel that's more of an infringement on my right to keep and bear arms um, than anything out there. And yet I stand to lose tens of thousands of dollars in revenue 
for the people who will no longer need to take my class in order to get their license. And I'm okay with that. Like, I think freedom is much more important than my own financial gain. So I think that if we offer good class on responsible gun ownership, safe weapons handling, safe storage, you know, defensive use of a firearm, um, de-escalation, averting a threat in the first place, uh, you know, responsible gun ownership, that I'll still have plenty of people taking classes and we'll still have good revenue coming in because we can now focus on much more important issues of fire, around firearms ownership than this is the license to carry class or this is the how to get my license class. I got to show you these slides that are approved by the state in order to get your license and ask a permission, ask for permission where government has no authority to grant it. Um, that I think is a much bigger argument, a much bigger issue. But don't forget to check out some of our classes at CapeGunWorks.com or date night every Friday night, always very popular, and ladies night every other Thursday. Try our range experience package. You don't even need a gun license for that. So come shoot a gun at Cape Gunworks. Go to CapeGunWorks.com and get signed up today. We're going to be on with Jason Guida next, so you don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. Voltec VT-10i. It's your travel buddy, so it goes where you go. To your work, on the road, or at the range. It's the smart and rugged safe built to protect, no matter what you trust it with. We've made sure every inch of your safe is built to the highest possible standards. Security is at the forefront of our thoughts, so no unwanted guest. The VT-10i provides multiple quick and simple access points, including high-resolution biometrics, backlit numeric keys, key entry, and even your smartphone for remote access. The two-point anti-impact latches keep your safe strong, and Voltec lithium-ion battery charges in just 2.5 hours and lasts up to six months, so it won't let you down. There's a reason we're the number one rated biometric safe. Get yours at VoltecSafe.com and find us online at Facebook.com slash VoltecSafe. Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. I'm really happy to have joining us on the live feed here is uh, Attorney Jason Guida. How are you today, Jason? I'm great. Thank you very much. Good to, good to be here. Yeah, my pleasure, and it's always good to talk to you. And, you know, we get a ton of legal questions. I, I know I'm out there in the public space a lot on radio and on our podcast, and so People ask me legal questions That's because I'm the gun guy and selling guns and there's all kinds of questions around it. And I try to preface it with, I'm not an attorney, but this is what I think. But it's nice when we get an attorney and an expert on the line that can actually clear some stuff up for us. And one of the questions I got uh, last week when I was hosting the Grace Curley show was um, a, a 
caller said, look, I live in Boston area and I got a restricted license to carry. I was told it'll never be, I'll never be able to have it for concealed carry just for target and hunting. And so in light of the Bruin case that came out uh, from the Supreme Court, it sounded like the, you know, Massachusetts tried to fix all that and take the, that discretionary licensing habits of local police chiefs out of their hand and, and try to bring it in line with the Bruin decision. So my question is, A, does the guy's license automatically become an unrestricted license? Or, you know, and B, do, or B does he have to reapply and specifically say, I don't want it restricted? Um, and so I figured I'd ask you and see if you had any in, insight on that. No, you bet. So um, this was something, obviously, that we were dealing with a couple of months ago when the Berwyn decision came down and the uh, executive office of public safety reluctantly dragging their feet along with the AG's office finally said, look, you can't have restrictions anymore. Um, FRB, the Firearms Records Bureau, has notified that they won't process licenses with restrictions. And then subsequent that to that in August, the legislature amended the statute and removed the restriction language and removed the penalty for violating a restriction. Um, with Specifically with the city of Boston, what I can tell you is when Bruin happened and we started addressing the restrictions, um, you know, I was talking to Jim Wallace at the Gun Owners Action League, Com2A, trying to identify communities that were going to, uh, were, were generally restriction communities and we're going to fight us on this, right? So we were looking to make a case out of it. Um, I spoke with the chief in Medford. I spoke with the licensing officer in Springfield, the licensing officer in Boston. All of them were like, look, that's the law now. We're not restricting licenses. Um, with regard to Boston specifically, if this is a Boston-specific question, the lieutenant there who's now in charge of licensing, very reasonable guy, um, He, what they did is they just said, call us or email us, and we will have a new license printed for you. Um, Yep, don't need to reapply. Uh, I believe Medford, so that was a big restriction community, they went ahead and affirmatively had all of their licenses reprinted. Um, Springfield, I think, was doing the same thing. Um, So if you're in a community that's still, and there is still a few communities out there that still have on their website um, you need to write a letter to the chief telling them why and this, and they and they still have a restriction policy in place. What I'm advising clients is this. Um, you know, in theory, they, they can ask you for a reason, but you don't really have to answer them. Um, what I generally do for my clients is on the application, I simply check the box, unrestricted, all lawful purposes, and write something along the lines of, for self-defense and maintain proficiency at a range, something like that. So they can't say you didn't give them a reason, but they also can't deny you for that reason. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that's just to avoid the, you know, the bureaucracy of them saying, well, you didn't answer this question right. I'm denying you. Um, it's much easier to just kind of put a little blurb in there than it is to not do it and then have to hire me to litigate it, right? Yeah, I mean, that. so... My my big question, I guess, along those lines is if somebody doesn't do anything about it, they just leave the restrictions, but yet they're caught carrying a gun at the restaurant or 7-Eleven or, sure. you know, drive home from wherever. Um, can they charge him with anything? 
Right. So that's a really good question. I actually have on my desk, I have to be in court about two weeks on a case where a guy, um, he was charged with violating his restriction prior to the Bruin case, but he didn't get a summons until after the Bruin case came down. Um, so we're looking obviously to dismiss those charges. Um, there should have been, you know, an advisory to law enforcement. And I believe there was an advisory to law enforcement. This is no longer a crime. However, that doesn't mean it wouldn't happen. I prefer, and I would advise somebody to say, look, you got a license that says targeted hunting, contact your licensing authority, tell them you want a new license. And quite frankly, a lot of people just contacted the licensing authority and said it was lost or stolen. Mm. And the, you're, you're entitled to a free replacement license when that happens. If your department is just not dealing, not helping you, you know, if it gets lost, they have to replace it. Um, and they'll print it and it'll have no restrictions on it because there's no restrictions anymore. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's uh, that makes a lot of sense. The um, It was very frustrating to me how all the licensing agencies or officers, you know, the chief law enforcement of- officials in whatever town you live in and or are employed in or have a place of business in, you know, cause you can apply where your place of business is, but um, how it was the wild, wild West. And they, some towns required live fire. Some towns required that you list uh, a specific reason. And if you give a specific reason, they could say it wasn't good enough. They want another reason like that happened to me when I reapplied, I said, for any lawful purpose, they go, we don't accept that anymore. Uh, you mm-hmm. got to give us another reason. So mm-hmm. I'm like, well, doesn't fall for all lawful purpose. Isn't that a big catch all? Like that sure. covers everything. Nope. It's you got to give us a specific reason for exercising your second. So I was just frustrated that. And then you could jump through all the hoops. And in some cases, you had to go to Moon Island and show a proficiency. You know, you had to somehow miraculously be able to shoot a four inch 38 special revolver at some pretty big distances and maintain a 70% proficiency under stress because you got a range safety officer sitting there with his scorecard in order to get a license to carry for target and hunting. You know, it's, (laughs) it's unbelievable. And, uh, but there was, so I guess that comes down to the, um, you know, it's like a, um, what, what do they call it when the state has light preemption? Like it's a preemption type of thing, right? Like a, the, the state r- rules don't override the local chief law enforcement agency who can seemingly make up his own rules, right? So, right. So prior to the amendment in August in Bruin, the statute said that the applicant must show a good reason to fear injury to person or property. Um, and now every department had a different interpretation of what that meant. And and look, I know you nor your listeners are going to have any sympathy for the licensing officers that had to implement that. But I can tell you, you know, I was a licensing officer when I worked for the state for non-residents. Interpreting that and applying some sort of across-the-board policy was very difficult. It's extremely subjective. What the heck is a good reason? Um, some departments would just say, you know what? If you're qualified, you get it. It doesn't matter. We don't care. And then you had other departments that would require you to, like, you know, write a you know two-page letter um, explaining the specific reasons for fear that you have that are unlike any other person's fear. 
it it was extremely subjective. And what it did really when they were implementing those restriction policies is it caused more of a headache than anything else because people would get a restricted license and call and complain about it constantly. Mm. They call their legislators, they call their city councilors, and they call the chief and be like, hey, this this isn't fair, this isn't right. Some of the chiefs would just say, nope, that's our policy, too bad, right? Um, but it was a headache. Um, right. And I think the way they've gone and the way that you know ultimately the decision was made kind of makes sense, yeah. really, at, at its core, right? That the right to self-defense is exactly what the Second Amendment intended. Right. Switching gears a little bit, um, this Bruin decision is going to be the gift that keeps on giving for a long time to come, I think. And uh, we're going to see some states that want to try to buck it, right? Like we've seen Governor Hochul do her Concealed Carry Improvement Act, and um, that got into some... Uh, legal gymnastics over the past couple of weeks as they implemented this act. And then, you know, there was a couple of gun rights groups that immediately sued. And what ended, what ended up happening there? Sure, absolutely. So um, that is, so last week we, we, we got a decision um, out of New York, out of the district court on a preliminary injunction to prevent the impl- implementation of the, you know, revised uh, New York statutes, what I kind of, uh, when I envision it in my head, it's almost like a toddler stamping their feet um, because they didn't get their way on Bruin. Um, If you're a Second Amendment nerd and you're really into this stuff, I highly recommend taking the time to read that decision. Just Google New York gun decision um, last week and you'll see it. Um, It's really kind of the first time that a a district court judge in federal court has taken the time to try to interpret what the Supreme Court held in the Bruin case, which is there is a now a historical analysis standard Mm. where you have to look at the regulation, which burdens the Second Amendment, the right to self-defense, and determine whether there is a historical basis to support that. And the judge really did a very good job, and you don't need to be a lawyer, really, the way he wrote the, the decision, to really tr- start to understand how they're going to be trying to ana- analyze these things. Um, now, look, you know, the city appealed, the preliminary injunction, and the preliminary injunction was stayed. What that really means is, look, the, you know, what the plaintiffs were trying to say is there's an immediate harm there and the city saying, Oh, there's no immediate harm. And the three, the, you know, the three justice panels said, okay, yeah, there's no immediately harm right now. Let's hear more here about it. But, um, you know, you know, again, if you're into this stuff, take a look at that decision because it's really well written and it really kind of gives us a guideline and start thinking about how is that going to be implemented here in Massachusetts? Um, There are, you know, a couple of different things working through the system right now. Um, You know, we've discussed on the case from the the FPC and Firearms Policy Coalition, um, which was filed uh, prior to Bruin, uh, which is attacking the attorney general's handgun regulations. Um, The lead counsel in Massachusetts is Richard Chambers on that case. He's a great lawyer. I'm just a consultant on the case, but I have helped out in the past on it. Uh, You know, that. At first, it was the when it was initially litigated, it was dismissed because it's looking at the issue under the intermediate scrutiny standard, which 
the Bruin case, the Supreme Court has said, no, you're, you're wrong. Don't do that. So it's likely to get remanded back to district court. And a district court judge here is going to have to make the same kind of analysis that New York did. Is there a historical basis to say that you can't carry a Glock handgun mm. because it doesn't have, you know, a little red dot on it that tells you that it's loaded? Right. Um, where, how are they going to prove that? How are the attorney general's office going to prove that? That's, yeah. It's a very interesting question. Right. Well, uh, I tell you what, this is these are two cases for us to follow. We're really excited about uh, where this could head and where it could lead. Jason, um, how can people find you if they want to follow your work and if they need your assistance in any uh, type of Second Amendment case here in Massachusetts? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my website is www.lawguida.com. It's lawguida.com. Uh, 2A at lawguida.com is my email. And my Facebook is at lawguida. Um, so I often do updates on things that are going on, like the New York case. I had an update about last week uh, on my Facebook page, and you can check that out and follow me there. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. And if you want the best legal protection, go to USCCA. And go to the uscca.com forward slash remote and use code works. That's uscca.com forward slash works and use uh, code works. Uh, It's forward slash remote use code works to get special training, legal advice, and the best legal protection you and your family need. We'll be right back. Thanks so much. This is Rapid Fire. personal protection has never been more popular than it is today. The USCCA can help fortify your home, sharpen your awareness, and develop your defensive plan. Go to uscca.com remote and use code word WORKS. Your family's safety and security is your responsibility. Go to uscca.com remote and use code word WORKS to sign up for a USCCA membership and get special training, legal advice, and legal protection you and your family need. Vortex offers the very best optics specifically made for shooters with rugged construction designed for extreme environments. Vortex Optics build quality ensures accurate, reliable, and repeatable performance every time you squeeze the trigger. Add fully multi-coated lenses and nitrogen purging, and you have a quality optic with an extremely reasonable price tag. That is the Vortex difference. Come into Cape Gunworks to see the full line of Vortex Optics today. a talk show that you can call into or text the rapid fire line at 508-444-2120 anytime we'll try to get to your questions call or text 508-444-2120 for the rapid fire line all right getting back to your questions um cape cod has a great idea he says, what if you put down for a reason to get your LTC? Because the British could be coming as a reference to 1776. You know, it would be pretty cool if someone would do that. They'd have the the chutzpah to put that down on their thing. And uh, it would be great if they got denied for that. Because um, 
then you'd have standing to sue the state for violation of the, you know, New York State Rifle and Pistol v. Bruin. And uh, Smeggy points out whenever I, and I know G-Webs has asked me to consider this as well, whenever I call it the Bruin case, he's like, no, we should call it the New York State Rifle and Pistol because they're the ones that got the win and Bruin is the anti-gun attorney general. However, think of it like this. If the Heller case is the one, the way that you know and you reference the, the Heller win, um, and that's positive light for the Second Amendment, I think it's great that an anti-gunner has his name tied to such a wonderful Supreme Court victory uh, or in his case, defeat. So I like to rub his nose in the fact that he lost. So that's why I call it the Bruin. Not only that, I'm lazy. And saying New York State Rifle and Pistol Association, the Bruin, is a full breath and hard to say sometimes. I'm just taking the lazy man's way out. But I also like to rub his nose in the fact that he lost. Um, so, Yeah. Hopefully there'll be more Bruin cases that make it to the Supreme Court as they continually tread upon your Second Amendments. So there you go. Chris is saying he's never voted before, but he's signed up and uh, he's going to vote this year to keep our Second Amendment free and keep Maura Healy out. That's great. Um, I think that's a very noble and worthy cause to decide to go to the polls over so my hat's off to you sir um let's see uh as a mass license to carry holder my wife and i are starting to buy uh, question is can she carry my firearm and vice versa when we are both ltc holders do we have to stick to his and hers and hers and mine yes you can borrow your wife's gun and your wife can borrow your gun that is totally legal you can borrow a friend's gun you can borrow your uncle joe's gun um, and you can legally carry it Um, it's not like some of those states that tie your permit to a specific gun Um, but you can lend a gun out to your buddy as long as he's duly licensed and he's asked asked the government for permission and got sold a license to carry. So anyway, um, remember to use this week's code GEAR at checkout on capegunworks.com. Go to to get your special discount code. Type in GEAR as the promo code. And you're going to get a significant discount, not to mention free shipping if you buy anything over 300 bucks. And if you want to order ammo in Massachusetts, we're going to bring it right to your door. And if it meets the $300 threshold, it's free shipping. So you don't want to miss out on that. Type in gear to get a very special savings. And that's just for you, our podcast and radio listeners. So keep it our secret. All right, we'll be back. You're listening to Rapid Fire. Ammunition is 100 This is where the American ingenuity met a trailblazing spirit. Hard work united with patriotism and technology blended with new ideas. That's federal ammunition. Right here in Anoka, Minnesota, born in 1922, made in America, and proud to be the best. Federal ammunition, a century of innovation. 
and we're only getting started. Welcome back to Rapid Fire, your weekly show, all things guns, freedom, Second Amendment, and self-defense. We're glad you're here with us on the chat. If you want to be a part of the show, call 508-444-2120. It's 508-444-2120. And we were taking your questions from the chat, and let's just continue on with that. I have a question about the Set Me C. I talked about the Set Me L, which is a um, gun that you can buy that has a detachable magazine, and it takes the Stenang uh, USGI magazines, and it's in a configuration that we can sell in this state. Um, and so somebody asked about the uh, Set Me C, and that is a great gun. Certainly could sell it here in Massachusetts, Cape Cod, but um, the problem is you can't get it. It's nowhere to be found. It's a very, very difficult gun to find at this point. It, for a while there, you could get them pretty regularly. It's a Century gun, um, and the Century, I don't think, makes it anymore, manufactures it anymore. So your best bet is to get the HK91 knockoff, like the PTR, um, which I have one coming in, by the way, in the OD Green furniture. So that's a pretty cool gun. And you can get that. Um, you could also get it uh, from HK if you find a pre-ban or, a, you know, an original HK91. It's just not going to be cheap. Uh, so the PTR ones are very reasonably priced. I don't know if Zenith Arms ever made the the 308 into the pistol, I mean into the rifle. Um, I know they had plans to, but... Uh, I'm not sure if they ever did. Uh, that would be another way to do it. However, um, yeah, I'm not sure. They they made a very good choice, and that is that they started making these guns in America. So the Zenith Arms guns. And I think, to my knowledge, they're still only making the ZF5, which is basically the MP5 clone. Um, originally, they were made by MKE in Turkey, and they had a little bit of a problem. The same reason we don't get a modern... Uh, HK91 because of the whole 922R compliance. There was some ban signed by, I believe this one was George H.W. Bush, that banned the importation of non-sporting rifles from out of the country, um, which is ridiculous. And, you know, that just, we'll do another show on this sometime, but some of the worst gun control ever signed into law has been by Republicans. And some Republicans that people hold on a very high pedestal, myself included, like I think uh, Ronald Reagan was a very good president, but he did very bad, irreparable, hopefully not truly irreparable, but since my entire lifetime of owning guns, uh, damage to the Second Amendment by banning, uh, with the Hughes Amendment, banning uh, fully automatic firearms. And then again, fast forward... Uh, George H.W. Bush banning the importation of non-sporting rifles. So I might have my wires crossed, but I believe that H.W. banned them in 1988. You are fake news. So someone can fact check me on that. But I know he did do some uh, horrific damage to the Second Amendment. And um, so we can't lay all the blame at Democrats' feet because... 
again, and even uh, Mitt Romney, he signed uh, some gun control legislation into law here in Massachusetts. Um, so we've had some horrible runs of Republicans signing horrible gun control laws into law. And I'd love to see them all go away personally. Um, but anyway, uh, getting back to the chat. Um, so it's going to be difficult to get the set me see. Uh, so there you go. Uh, let's see. Um, a Massachusetts resident. How long have you had your LTC for Massachusetts? Oh, that's Billy asking Jay Banks. Um, I personally have had my LTC since 1993. Um, when I was 18 years old is when I first got it. And so you can do the math and figure out how old I am. Uh, I applied on my birthday and it was issued six months later. So go, yeah. And I was saying, but wait a minute. State law says you must respond within 40 days. And they were like, <laughs> yeah, all right, kid. Beat it. So when I finally got it, they opened the drawer and pulled it out. It was sitting there for I don't even know how long. They just didn't want to give it to me. They wanted me to go away. Um, so, yeah. Let's see. Uh, Florida FFLs have online access to Florida real estate records to confirm ownership of property. That's cool. Um, I purchased several handguns there with my mass driver's license after they looked up the real estate record. Wicked cool. That's pretty cool, KJ. Um, I don't know if I like everything being so connected, but on the other hand, if it comes to being able to buy a gun when you're a property owner there, that's awesome. They don't call it the gunshine state for nothing, right? Um, <laughs> go Florida. But when is Florida going to become a constitutional carry state for crying out loud? Come on, get your get with the program. And again, I think it was a Republican that blocked it. And DeSantis was going to have oh, this like my. was going to have a special session of Congress in order to get it done. But it didn't get done. And when is it going to get done? It's dang ridiculous. Um, by the way. Uh, speaking of anti-gun candidates, we have Andrea Campbell. Um, I've threatened to talk with uh, Adam Lang about it. He has researched her position on the Second Amendment. And if you thought Maura Healy was bad, Andrea Campbell is going to make her look like um, like Firearms Policy Coalition. All right? Because... That's how she feels about the Second Amendment. She is very anti-gun, very anti-police. Um, she actually tweeted out, F the Boston police. Um, <laughs> so it's it's crazy. But uh, yeah, so she is a very woke Democrat uh, candidate, and she plans to reduce gun violence by pandering to thugs. Yeah, you can read into that. Um, but there's another uh, thing that she tweeted out, and it was um, the she she retweeted the breaking news of the Associated Press breaking the news about the the U.S. Supreme Court striking down the New York law requiring people to demonstrate good cause in order to get a license to carry. And she said, this ruling allows for more guns in more public places, making our country less safe. 
I fear those disproportionately harmed by guns will bear the brunt the most. As AG, I'll fight to keep illegal guns off our street and ensure mass continues to lead in gun violence prevention. Well, the problem with that statement is your assumption that more guns on the street makes us less safe doesn't go hand in hand with your second part of the statement of illegal guns off our street. I'm all for keeping illegal guns off our street. If someone is a federally prohibited person and they're a gangbanger, they're a career criminal, they're a, you know, a threat to themselves or others, yeah, by all means, arrest them, throw them in jail, and don't let them out again to reoffend by acquiring a gun. The problem is, your soft on crime policies are going to let those people right back out on the street so that they can go out and reacquire the gun that they're already prohibited from buying. Perfect example is that Thomas Lantanowicz, the guy who was, had 103 priors and was a federally prohibited person who had on his record 30 prior gun charges of felon in possession of a firearm, which under Massachusetts law, it's one year for every prior uh, gun conviction. And he should have been serving a 30-year sentence. But he got out after three and a half years of good behavior and went on to kill uh, local police officer Sergeant Gannon. Uh, So there you have it. That's going to be more of the same. That's what you're going to produce by banning guns and letting criminals on the street. But anyway, that's the end of this show and my end of rant for today. But you can always tune in at rapidfireradio.us or call in the text line or rapid fire line at 508-444-2120. Keep up the good fight. Be a responsible gun owner. Take someone new to the range, support your community, and be an advocate for the 2A in your area. Together as Americans, we can overcome anything. I'm Toby Leary. God bless. We will see you next time. 